Proverbs. We'll be beginning in chapter 3, reading verses 5 and 6, and then proceeding up to chapter 16, reading verse 9. So beginning in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And in chapter 16 and verse 9, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. All right. Good morning, church. So I want to start off this morning uh, by just giving a thank you to the elders as well as to the ministers in the congregation for giving me the opportunity this morning to stand in front of you and to share this lesson here to, for the graduates. I've been part of the Central Congregation for about 13 years, 15 if you count the two-year hiatus we took in Saskatoon before coming back. And let me tell you, it's a real honor to, to stand in front of all my brothers and sisters in Christ and to, to share a lesson with everyone here this morning. I'd also like to offer my own congratulations to the graduates this morning. It's been a long, hard road, I'm sure, for many of you to reach that point, and it's time to celebrate reaching that important milestone in your life. And although my sermon this morning is focused more towards the graduates, there are many aspects of the lessons and the, the things I'll talk about this morning that are broadly applicable to all phases in our lives. So I encourage everyone to listen closely and see what tidbits you can kind of pick up and, and apply to your own situation and where you're at in your own lives. So I want to start off this morning just talking about graduation ceremonies. So by a show of hands, who here remembers their first graduation ceremony? Anyone? See quite a few hands going up. That's good. You guys are paying attention. That's good. Um, so my first graduation ceremony that I remember was when I was four years old and I was graduating from nursery school. And so I don't remember too many details about it other than I had a, a handmade graduation cap fashioned out of a paper plate as well as a sheet of construction paper. And I received a little diploma tied with a ribbon. Is that creating a visual for you guys? If not, then here's a picture. So that's me, four years old, my graduation. For some reason, nobody pulled the, the strap out of my mouth before they took the picture, so thanks, Mom. But I don't remember it being that much of an impact on me at that time in my life. But here I am, 33-odd-some years later, remembering it. And so it must have had some kind of impact on me. And it wasn't until I attended, I attended uh, Nathaniel's uh, graduation from preschool about two years ago where it finally occurred to me why it was so important that we celebrated the graduation at such a young age. And the reason was, was that it marked a transition from being just a young child to somebody that was ready for real school. It also showed that we celebrate education, that we celebrate learning, that these are things that we as a society value. And it's important to put these, you know, the importance of these things into the child at a young age. It reminds me of Proverbs 22.6 that says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. And so what it's saying is that if you instill the importance of education in the child when they're young, they're going to have a positive attitude towards it as they grow older. And so as I moved on from my time in preschool, I moved into to elementary, 
and then into to junior high and to high school. It wasn't until the end of high school where I had my next really big graduation ceremony. And the high school graduates, I'm sure, can attest to this as well, that it felt like such an important, huge milestone in my life. It was a culmination of 12 years of my education. I'd handed in my last assignment. I'd written all my exams. I felt on top of the world. So I have a picture of that, too. And so you can see, I've got a big smile on my face. I was ecstatic to be able to celebrate this milestone in my life. And we had the big graduation ceremony. We came across the stage. We got our, we got our diplomas. We had celebrations afterwards. But it wasn't until after the celebrations were done and the celebrations with my friends were over that I started to have some doubts. And so I knew that I was going to university in the fall. I'd already applied and been accepted at that point. But I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do other than to go into a science-related program. When people would ask me what I wanted to do with my life, I was still very unsure. I remember saying anything but research, which, as any of them who know me, was actually quite ironic at the time. And so I went into university, and what I quickly found was that university was far more challenging than high school. I hadn't really needed to put a lot of work into high school. I hadn't needed really to study that much. But what I found was that it required all of that and more from me. On top of that, I was really sick. So some of you know that I have Crohn's disease, which is an inflammatory bowel disease. And so although I developed it in high school, it wasn't until I was in university where it finally really impacted me a lot and I was actually hospitalized for the first time. And so my life in university was full of struggles. But that's not to say it was a negative experience in my life. And even looking back at it now and even at the time, it's still one of the most important experiences that I've had in my life. The amount of learning that I accomplished, the things that I didn't even have a clue that I would learn, the friends that I connected with, and actually most of the friends that I still hang out with, still do things with today, are actually from the first two years of university. They had a huge impact on who I am today. And so I finally got through my coursework, got my graduation. You can see a little bit more somber face here. I think the whole crowd is kind of like that. It's just they're tired, like, let's get this over with. I remember it being incredibly hot that day, too. But we had the celebration, and once I finished, I should have gone excited, forward, you know, I know what I'm going to do. But for whatever reason, I focused more on my past failures and my feelings of inadequacy rather than the successes that I had achieved. I felt like I took all of the information that I had learned and kind of pushed it down deep inside, not really knowing what to do with it. And I worked for about a year after I graduated, still unsure of what I wanted to do. It was like all of that stuff that was down deep inside needed some kind of a spark in order to, to activate it, to move me forward. And so this reminded me of the time that the disciples spent with Jesus. We'll pretend there's another eight of them off screen. So the disciples, when they followed Jesus, they gave up the life that they knew. They didn't know where their path would take them when they followed Jesus, but they wanted to learn from him. And so Jesus taught them. He illustrated to them the skills that he wanted them to show to other people. He taught them lessons. He told them stories and parables to try and illustrate things and concepts that they would understand in their time and age. But despite that, the disciples still struggled, didn't they? They didn't understand some of the stories that he tried to explain to them. Some of it was so foreign to what they were used to, they didn't even understand the basic concepts. 
And when they went to try and attempt to to demonstrate some of the skills he taught them, again, they failed. And so they knew their teacher was leaving them one day, just as I knew my teachers would be leaving me when I finished my educational program. But they just set it aside. Jesus continually told them that he was going to die on that cross in Jerusalem. And they set it aside. They ignored it or they didn't believe it. And so when it came close to the time of Jesus's death, he gave them a final exam. And in Matthew 26, we read how poorly the disciples did on that final exam. We know that Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. We know that Peter denied Jesus three times, despite telling him repeatedly that it would never do such a thing. And we know that the rest of the disciples fled, even though they claimed they would never disown Jesus. And so when Jesus went and he died on the cross, that represented the graduation of those disciples. Their teacher had now left them. They were now on their own. And despite being with their teacher for many years, learning everything he had to teach them, again, they were unsure what they could do with that knowledge. They needed to take those teachings and that information to share it for the glory of God. But just like I was feeling after university, they were unsure that they could do it. They felt incapable of moving forward. And so the real crux and the real kind of focus of my lesson here this morning is why do we fear moving forward? I came across a commencement speech given by actor Jim Carrey. So most people should be familiar with who he is. Canadian actor, comedian, Ace Ventura, Truman Show. He gave this tidbit of a, it's part of a quote from the, the commencement speech that he gave. And when I read it, it really resonated with me. And so I'm going to read it here this morning. Fear is going to be a player in your life, but you get to decide by how much. You can spend your whole life imagining ghosts, worrying about your pathway to the future. But all there will ever be is what's happening here and the decisions we make in this moment, which are based in either love or fear. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. What we really want seems impossibly out of reach and ridiculous to expect, so we never dare to ask the universe for it. And so I'm going to focus just on that last part. What we really want seems impossibly out of reach and ridiculous to expect, so we never dare to ask the universe for it. Does that resonate with anyone? Do you ever feel sometimes that you know what you want to do, but you're not sure about how to go about it? You're scared maybe of the past failures you've had. You're scared about your, your inability to maybe have the success. And so I'm going to present four things that I think are critical in order to overcome this. And the first is to put your trust in the Lord. Seems pretty obvious, right? Listen, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen the day after that or the day after that. But get this, because it's important. God does. God knows what's happening the Friday after graduation. God knows what's happening a year from now. He knows what's happening two years from now, five years, 10, 20 years from now. And so you can put your trust in the Lord. That brings us to the first reading this morning. I'll go through it again. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So what does this mean? It means that we have to pray, that we have to go to God constantly. We, nothing is out of reach. Nothing is too ridiculous. And in fact, God commands us to dare ask him 
for everything. And so we know that if we go to God with our prayers, we put our trust in him. He will lead us into the future. He commands us not to be afraid. And in Jesus says in hang on a second. Technical issues. So in John 14, 27, Jesus says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And so when I graduated from university, I was not yet a member of the church here. My mom and my dad had made an effort to to take me to church as a child. But for whatever reason, as I got into my teenage years, I fell away. And so it wasn't until my third year of university when I met Alana that I first started to come to the congregation. And I really started to learn or to relearn, I guess, the importance of having God in our lives and realizing that we as Christians have something that so many other people do not have. And that's someone that will guide us, that will take us out of the weeds and back onto the path. And everyone should be familiar with Psalms 119:105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And so going back to, to my story about after graduation from university, I did a bunch of phone calls to some of the colleagues I had at the university trying to find something, trying to find a job, and they offered me a graduate position at the National Microbiology Lab. And again, remember I had said back before I wanted to do anything but research. And so I thought, is this something I really want to do? But it seemed that God was opening a doorway for me. And so I took the opportunity and I went through it. And so many, 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 many years later, I finally graduated with my Ph.D., And after that, another door opened up. We moved to Saskatoon to do a uh, postdoctoral research program at the University of Saskatchewan. Despite not really knowing anyone there, not really knowing anything about it, we moved forward and we took that opportunity. And then a few years later, another opportunity opened up back in Winnipeg for me to start a startup kind of pharmaceutical company here in the city. And so again, I went through the doorway and I took that opportunity. And so what I'm saying here is that God will give you opportunities. God will open doorways for you. You have to keep your eyes open in order to see them, though. And the critical part is, even though God will open a doorway for you, he's not going to push you through it. And it takes your conscious decision to move through that doorway, to move forward. And so what holds us back sometimes? Sometimes it's, again, fear of our failures in the past. And so I want to say is to forget about your past failures for the graduates, for everyone. Think of all the successes that you've had in your life up to this point. You've graduated from being in your mother's womb to adapting to the outside world. You've moved from being a young child to someone attending school for the first time. You've moved from being a young child to a teenager, getting through those teenage years. And now you're moving to the time of of graduation and into your pathway in adulthood. And so it's important that you forget about the past failures that you've had and looked instead at the successes, because you wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the successes. And so I'm reminded again of the life of Paul, and he talks about his past life before becoming a Christian in Galatians 1.13, where he says, For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church and tried to destroy it. 
And so do you think that Paul would have become such an important figurehead in the early church if he had focused on those past failures instead about what he could do, how he could be successful for the glory of God? And he says in Philippians 3, verses 13 to 14, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so he says he needs to forget what he has done in the past. He needs to move forward. So again, forget about his past failures. And so I was reminded of a story about an interview that happened between a reporter and Thomas Edison. And so Edison, you may know, is a famous inventor, the light bulb being one of the most important inventions that he did create. But the reporter asked him, isn't it a shame that with the tremendous amount of work you've done, you haven't been able to get any results? And what did Edison respond to? He responded, results? Why, man, I have gotten lots of results. I know several thousand things that won't work. And so Edison didn't see each of those minor missteps as a failure, but rather he saw them as individual steps onto his pathway to future success. He never once doubted his abilities and what he was capable of. Reminds me of another quote from Jennifer Lee. So you probably aren't familiar with her, but she's actually the, the writer and the director of the Disney movie Frozen and won an Academy Award for, for Best Picture for that movie. And so she says, when you're free from self-doubt, you fail better because you don't have your defenses up because you, yeah, sorry, you can accept the criticism. You don't become so preoccupied with that failure that you forget how to learn from it, that you forget how to grow. When you believe in yourself, you succeed better. To say that again, when you believe in yourself, you succeed better. And so probably at this point, you're thinking to yourselves, you know what, Kyle? I have my plan put out in front of me. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to university. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to go into the, you know, a job in my field. There's going to be lots of job opportunities. I'm going to be a high paying job. I'm going to travel a lot. And so that's all and good, but I want to offer a word of caution as well, and that's to be prepared for the bumpy path. And so James 4, 13 through 16 says, Now listen to you who say today or tomorrow you will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and we will do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. Matthew 6.34 says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so, is this saying that you shouldn't plan for the future, that you shouldn't have hopes and dreams and things you want to do? It's not saying that at all. What it's saying is that it's great to plan for things, but there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be distractions. And it's important that we prepare our life according to God's plan for us and his will rather than our own timelines and our own will. So even though we want to accomplish something in, say, three years from now, it may be longer than that. And if we're setting ourselves up to accomplish that in three years or else we see ourselves as a failure, we're going to be upset. We're going to have difficulties striving to reach that goal. Remember what the uh, second here. Right. And so this takes us just to our, our second reading, uh, which is Proverbs 16, 9. 
In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. So again, it's important to know that even though you have an overall plan, God is going to be the one that influences the way that that plays out. And so I was going to share a story. Some of you know this story before, um, but it kind of was a clear illustration of, of this concept. And what that was, was back in 2013, when Alana and I were in Saskatoon still, we only had Nathaniel at the time, we wanted another child. And so in January of that year, Alana became pregnant. But shortly after that, unfortunately, she had a miscarriage. And we were incredibly upset about that. We didn't know why that would have happened to us. And so it was a couple of months after that, we were still quite upset when I was actually rushed to emergency and hospitalized. And I was in the hospital for actually a couple of months. I had surgery, I had complications. And so in hindsight, looking back on it, we felt that maybe God knew that it was going to be an incredible challenge for us to deal with this pregnancy while I was also struggling in the hospital. And so even though at the time it wasn't clear that this was the overall plan, it seemed to again make sense. And then the flip side to that was in 2014, I was kind of reaching the end of my program in Saskatoon without many opportunities uh, to have a job after that. And so we wanted to move back to Winnipeg, and so an opportunity came up at the beginning of a week in July. On the Monday, I found the opportunity. I applied for it and interviewed on Tuesday. On Wednesday, Alana actually found that she was pregnant with what soon would be Zachary. And on Friday of that week, I was offered the job. Two weeks later, we were back in Winnipeg. And so you can see there that even though things were hurtful and painful back in 2013, in 2014... Everything just aligned all at once. We came back to Winnipeg where we wanted to be with the friends and family. We had a, I had a job. We had a child nine months later. Of course, we had another child after that as well with Eliana. And so we got exactly where we wanted to be, but not necessarily along the timelines that we wanted it to happen. And so also try and look for... The, the difficult path sometimes don't always take the easy road. We remember in Matthew 7, 13, 14, where it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only few find it. So the final thing that I'll say this morning is to take your knowledge and put it into practice. So one of the easiest things to, to show that you are capable of doing things is to take the knowledge and the skills that you've learned throughout the years and to put them into practice. To not just sit on them and think you're incapable of doing anything without even trying. Remember, you can fail at anything, so you might as well fail at something you love first. Jesus commands the disciples after the resurrection in Matthew 28, 19-20, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. So see, Jesus commanded them to go forth. He knew they were capable with the teachings that he had given them. He didn't say just to forget everything. He commanded them. He gave them that spark that they needed to go forward and to share his teachings. And so I'm reminded of another story that comes from an interview with Michael J. Fox. And so some of you out there, including those particularly that went to the last Filipino Bible study, know that I'm a big fan of Michael J. Fox. And he's a huge actor, or at least was in the 80s, is still acting. 
Back to the Future is still my all-time favorite movie, which I was shocked that, that Jay admitted in the last Bible study as well that he had never seen them, so hopefully he's caught up now. But he is also a huge voice for Parkinson's research, and he's created the Fox Foundation. And so he was being interviewed um, on CBC with George Strombolopoulos, and he asked him about this, this concept of research. And what he said was that when we take knowledge, so when industry and academia and government take knowledge and they put it into one small area, it's like they're storing it in a silo. Does anyone know what a silo is? I'm sure anyone that grew up on a farm would be familiar with it. So a silo is a large metal structure, or it can be made of anything, I guess, that stores something. And so why this is bad for knowledge is that if you're putting your knowledge into that silo, it's not being moved forward. It's not being shared. It's sitting stagnant. Nobody can see what's in your silo. And so what he says is that you need to take your silo of knowledge and you need to tilt it over. And what happens is you tilt over a silo, you create a pipeline. And so a pipeline is a way that you can take your knowledge and move it forward. You can share with other people. And it's related to research. That's the only way that success can happen is if you take what you know and move it forward. So sorry, I couldn't help myself. And so I do caution you with one one thing kind of to, to close off is that it's important to to share your knowledge with other people, but you should do so in a way that builds up the person that doesn't tear them down. You should build them up with love. You should understand that they maybe didn't have the same opportunities that you had, that you should never boast about the, the knowledge that you've gained. And this isn't particularly important when you're sharing God's word to, to non-believers. Remember what it says in 1 Corinthians 8.1, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. So it's again critical to remember that just because you know something doesn't make you better than somebody else. And so in closing here this morning, I'm going to go back again to, to the, the quote from, from Jim Carrey. I'm going to read it again. Fear is going to be a player in your life, but you get to decide by how much. You can spend your whole life imagining ghosts, worrying about your pathway to the future, but all there will ever be is what's happening here and the decisions we make in this moment, which are based in either love or fear. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. What we really want seems impossibly out of reach and ridiculous to expect, so we never dare to ask the universe for it. So I hope with the words that I've shared this morning, they've given you hope that there is a way to overcome this fear. And so a final message to, to the graduates this morning. You are ready to do amazing things in this world. You've been given all of the opportunities to be successful. And as you walk out of the auditorium here this morning and you walk out those doors and out into the world, know that when you're confronted with various decisions, the choices that you get will be to either love or to fear. And so I ask you at this point, I beg you at this point to choose love, to not let fear destroy the love that God has placed for you in your heart. And for those out there that have not accepted Jesus into your life, you have not made the decision to, to have him hold your hand and walk you down your path into the future. 
I invite you to come forward as we have our closing hymn to to immerse yourself in him, to be baptized in his name. And so again, thank you so much for all your time. God bless.